And uh, that means we are making sense of the markets with Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. You can contact her team at 604-695-LORI or visit their website at pinkowski.ca. Lori, good morning to you. Morning, Jill. How are you? Long time no talk. I know. I know. Great. Uh, glad to get this chance to, to chat with you. Let's get right to it. Uh, what's happening on the markets? Yeah, you know, markets are a little mixed today, but U.S. markets continue higher, uh, about 1.5% uh, over the past week. Uh, but things have slowed a bit, of course. We're in August. We have got lower volumes. Uh, the technology sector is, again, leading the way. We saw Salesforce uh, is one of these companies that reported a strong beat yesterday after market, and the stock was up 13% just in one day. Uh, Canadian markets have lagged a bit over the last week uh, due to gold and the material sector kind of pulling back. But if you're looking at overall markets in the U.S., uh, there's a lot of strong economic data, actually. Manufacturing and services are expensive banding greater than expected. And of course, there's also, you know, optimism around uh, COVID vaccine. We've got uh, over 165 vaccine candidates with 32 of those in human trials. Uh, And uh, a small number are even in phase three trials. So there's a thought out there that we may see a vaccine before the end of the year. Again, you know, if we see one, whether uh, that's distributed to everybody, uh, you know, that's going to take quite some time still. So we're going to have to live with the virus, of course, but markets want to see a vaccine uh, approved out there. Mm -hmm. So the good news that we're seeing that uh, continuing higher in the U.S. Uh, What about when we're talking about stalled negotiations, uh, extensions on unemployment and other benefits? Yeah, you know, markets remain resilient even in the face of any negative news like those stalled negotiations. Of course, a lot of that has to do with politics with the U.S. election right around the corner. Uh, So it's kind of to be expected, but of course they need to come to some sort of agreement because stimulus is still needed. You know, we're not out of this thing and uh, the economy is depending on it, uh, in my opinion, at this time. I mean, small and medium-sized businesses... Uh, you know, you need wage subsidies, you need to put food on the table for families. So, you know, hopefully they can get together and come up to come up with some sort of an agreement uh, so that this can move forward. Um, but again, it looks like it may still take some time because they're still so far apart at this point. Hmm. And, and second quarter earnings, are we seeing kind of better than expected results so far? Yeah, way better. Um, you know, again, the bar was set so low uh, because of what happened uh, in the first quarter. And so over... Uh, 80% of companies beating analyst estimates, which again lifted markets higher. Uh, the strongest areas of the market have been technology, consumer products, uh, while the weakest areas have been energy, real estate, and financial. So earnings uh, were a lot better than expected, and that's also why we've seen markets uh, rebound the way that they have. Uh, let's shift a little bit um, when we're talking second quarter earnings. So, what are we seeing with the Canadian banks? Yeah, four of the five Canadian banks have reported, and we've seen another quarter of declining profits and revenues due to, of course, the impact of the pandemic. Uh, revenues were down over 10% um, for many of the banks, while profits were down even more, uh, over 20% for some. Uh, BMO beat expectations, um, so did Royal Bank. They had the strongest report, uh, and it's really a mixed bag of stock performance across the board right now when looking at the banks. Uh, you've got Royal Bank that's recovered quite a bit, where you've got Bank of Montreal still down, you know, 18% year to date or so. So in terms of the Canadian banks, um, you know, the positive is, is that, um, you know, their investment banking or say their wealth management sides have been making money as the markets have rebounded, uh, but you, they're 
holding cash back really uh, for loan loss provisions going into the next quarter and thereafter. So in terms of the banks, I still think you know there's a lot of risk there going to next year. Uh, should there be another lockdown, anything like that? I mean, that of course uh, affects people and their ability to pay mortgages and loans. Uh, so for us, still, we, we have decided to step aside from the banks at this point, even when we see some of them recovering. It's just to us, there's too much risk in that sector, and there's just other areas that uh, are really thriving in this environment. When you think of like Amazon and Clorox and Walmart and Costco, uh, we prefer to be in those kinds of businesses at this point um, because we can understand uh, the profitability going forward compared to the banks at this point. It's interesting because interesting when you look at the banks, just they're, they're so big and you think of them being so resilient, but you're right. We don't know what's going to happen in the fall, what's going to happen with this virus and, and, and that idea of, yes, they probably will at some point fully recover, but when will that happen? Well, exactly. I mean, we see major headwinds still, um, and that could become more apparent in 2021 when we see government subsidies for wage and rent expenses. Uh, you know, if they end, uh, that's going to impact people greatly. And, you know, to me, it's like the banks are going to be holding the bag on that one. And, um, you know, if the economic recover, recovery falters, you know, and that stimulus does run out, uh, you know, they're going to be greatly impacted. And many investors look to the banks for income, for dividends, as they tend to pay higher dividends than most companies. Uh, but this approach, it comes with greater risk at this point. And this is why I want to talk about dividends, because I'm getting the question so often uh, that, uh, you know, I want only dividends in my portfolio. And I say, well, that's great. But what happens if those stocks don't perform? And that's kind of the risk you're taking. And I deal with so many retirees where um, dividend-paying stocks are, of course, uh, kind of the uh, the apple of their eye, let's say. And, and I, I tend to agree with that to a certain extent. But you need to make sure that you're in the right sectors and don't just focus on the dividends um, of the companies that you hold. So would you say it's, it's – it sounds like you're saying it can be a safe way, but you really need to know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you look at some of the technology companies out there, you know, they don't pay high dividends. Um, when we're looking at the various sectors, say you look at exchange-traded funds to get an idea, you have um, the top three worst-performing sectors right now, oil and gas, the average dividend out there is 4.5%, real estate investment trust, 6%, and financials, 3.5%. But they're also the worst-performing sectors, uh, down anywhere between kind of 12 to 35% right now, year-to-date. And you take a look at the flip side, technology on average doesn't pay much of a dividend at all. Uh, that sector is up 44% this year. Or materials, gold, for instance, it doesn't pay a dividend, but it's up 25% this year. So you really had to uh, be specific in choosing which companies you wanted in the portfolio this year and uh, sometimes avoid some of those dividend-paying stocks so that you can actually have a positive return in 2020 so far. So making sure you're, you're targeting and looking at the right sectors. Always. And I, and I can't stress that enough. I mean, when you're looking at uh, even dividends for companies, you want to make sure first and foremost that the company is healthy, they're turning a profit, uh, and the dividend is safe, right? Because dividends can be cut. Um, you know, even looking at some of the REITs out there right now, Rio can, um, for instance, the dividend is 9.3%. Well, this, the REIT is down 42% year to date. So yeah, you might be collecting your 9%, 
but you lost 40% on the stock. So again, is that a good investment strategy long term? No, you know, so you just have to be picky on, on what you're putting into the portfolio. And usually you would have a financial advisor doing this for you. So you just want to make sure that they're proactive, that they're making changes to the portfolio, making sure that you are in the right sectors for the current environment and not just sticking you in a bunch of dividend paying stocks that may not perform now, but may also not perform over the next six to 12 months. And, and I think probably key words there, the current environment, because again, with the pandemic, who knows what's going to happen in a month or in six months from now? Well, exactly. I, I mean, you just have to be um, kind of flexible uh, as a portfolio manager and really be on top of the news um, and be proactive and also sometimes reactive. You have to make a decision very quickly because uh, news has come out and so on. And so, again, when we're looking at dividends, investing solely for dividends is really not the best approach to investing because um, dividend-paying stocks, uh, you know, can lag the market uh, and can decline. They're not just, you know, safe, right? So you need to make sure that you're in the right areas, that's first and foremost being in the right sectors and avoiding those underperforming sectors as well. And that's great advice, like you said, getting it from a financial advisor too. If somebody comes to you and says, I just want to go into dividends to make sure they know all of the, what you need to know about that. Exactly. You need to um, have a qualified you know, portfolio manager or financial advisor looking after your money, making the decisions uh, for you or at least with you uh, because they have the experience in doing so. And just picking a basket of dividend-paying stocks is, like I said, likely not uh, the best approach. You need to be diversified and you need to have some of those sectors right now uh, that may not have high dividends in order to bring up the return for this year and, in my opinion, over the next uh, 6 to 12 months as well. All right, uh, Lori, always uh, so great to chat with you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time I'm, I'm back filling in for Simi. And thanks so much, Jill, and you enjoy the last uh, couple weeks of summer we got here. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks <laughs> Thank again. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. You can contact the Pinkowski Wealth Management Team directly at 604-695-LORI, that's L-O-R-I, or you can visit the website at pinkowski.ca.